Hey girl, hey, welcome to Activate Your Massive Brand. Today, we're gonna talk about my four-year freedom anniversary from my job, life after being laid off. And so I wanted to share with you some things I would have done differently, still employed, some things I would have done differently, stepping into full-time entrepreneurship, although I've been working full-time in my business for a while, even prior to being laid off, but you know what I mean. So if you are, you know, transitioning to entrepreneurship, if you've already been an entrepreneur, I think this would be a great episode either way. And so I want to serve you and share with you my experience. And I just can't wait to get started. So let's dive in. Hello and welcome to Activate Your Massive Brand with Tanya Watkins. This podcast was created for professional and creative women in business who are looking to create a personal brand that stands out, package their greatness and monetize their hustle. Tanya, the founder of Massive Brand Consulting, is a high-ticket monetization coach and brand expert who believes that with smart hustle and savvy marketing strategies, you can become a boldly confident influencer in your market, build a loyal and engaged community, and create much more than a six-figure business. All right, let's get started. So this is episode 36, and I am so excited to talk about my freedom bursary from my job and just, you know, what life has been like after being laid off. Um, and yeah, so before we get into that, though, you might be wondering, well, where did she work? What did she do? How did she get laid off? Like, what happened? So maybe you don't know the full story. But um, I've been dibbling and dabbling in entrepreneurship for almost 10 years. Started to take it really seriously around 2012, 2013. And I decided, okay, if I, you know, want to have the time creative and financial freedom that I desire, working for someone else is not going to do it. Now, I will preface this by saying this isn't going to be an episode of me bashing my job, my coworkers, or my bosses. I love them all, <laughs> loved everything about my job, except for wanting to make a lot of money, um, wanting to be able to do whatever I wanted. And um, yeah, time freedom, creative freedom, and financial freedom. So Things that your job's not going to always give you. And so I will say that <laughs> this is this is not going to be a, I hate my life. I hated my, like, that's not what I came from. And so I find, oddly enough, when I came into like the coaching space, uh, I remember telling a friend, like, I don't have a struggle story. Like, I can't think of a time. I mean, I've had like struggle times. Like I've had times where, you know, every, I think everyone's had a moment, especially in college, woo, trying to make life meet, <laughs> not even just ends, just like life, <laughs> right? Like, so this, I have definitely had times where I'm like, woo, Jesus, what, what's going on here? But by and large, like, I didn't, don't have a big struggle story. And, you know, I noticed a lot of people um, would share their struggle. Like, I hate my job and I hated my job. And that's why I built my business so that I could you know, do all the things. And like, I never resonated with that story because I like, I had a great job. I had a great, um, even like when I say time freedom, I, for me, it was really about bandwidth, like being able to like really fully step away from the thing and not have to worry about the thing. And yeah, so I don't know. I just wanted to just preface that by this whole episode by saying like, this isn't me saying I hated everything about my job, but I knew I needed more. 
And that's where I connect with a lot of women because there's a lot of women like me that had great jobs, great salaries, the whole nine, the company card, all the things like I had. Um, but just knew they were destined for more, graced for abundance, right? Like just I'm ready for more. And so that's where I was. And I, you know, started to really take entrepreneurship seriously around 2013, 2014-ish and was like, okay, I'm going to replace my salary. And I was coming out of a really abusive relationship prior to a few years, a couple of years before that, which prompted me to start one of my ventures and, you know, kind of playing around with health and fitness. And that went really well. And actually that was the cattle. If it wasn't for that business, Massive Brain Consulting would never be because pe- women were coming to me like, how are you, you know, enrolling people into your program? Tell me more about like your marketing ideas. Can you look at my website? What are your thoughts on this? And do you do websites? And from that, like those little inquiries, they turned into paid gigs and the paid gigs turned into, okay, I'll do this for a while. See how it goes to, you know, I love brand strategy. Um, and I always felt like I felt weird like doing someone's graphics or their social media or their website without talking to them about how to truly show up as themselves and in accordance to who they wanted to attract and really being able to speak their ideal client's language. So then I realized like, oh, I love talking brand strategy. So then that became a thing. Then I realized what's brand strategy if we don't have, like we need to go deeper, right? We need to talk about the offer and the client experience and how to build a savvy team that's gonna drive the mission and how are we going to create automation so that we can scale so that so that so here we are (laughs) um so yeah so that's the story in a nutshell i decided to jump into entrepreneurship i went from the health and fitness business to get side to doing gigs to now this and in the midst of that you know my the company that i was working for was ever changing and I worked in sales manager management and um you know having a corporate retail position and if you know anything about retail you know that it's evolving and how consumers do business is evolving <laughs> and because of that our the positions that we held um had to evolve and because of that the position that I had was dissolved and that was like <laughs> the most bittersweet day. Can you imagine spending 10 years with a company and be like, oh my God, like I don't have this this place of peace anymore. But at the same time, you're like, oh my God, I have exactly what I've been praying for. And it's really tough to describe because most people, when they hear that you have a job and you have a business, they think your business is like this little raggedy side hustle, your little business that you got going on, a little thing you do when you're bored. And there was a the transitioning from my job to my business was a really weird uh, time, like that last year of working, because my business was earning more than my job. And yeah, the six figure job and yeah, the company car and all the things, but my business was more profit. Like it was, it was making more. And I remember saying to a friend of mine, like getting ready for work in the morning and be like, it makes more sense for me to stay home and run my company <laughs> than go to work because I'm making more money at my company than at my job. 
And so I had already like started to like say, okay, I need to power down and sit down and write this letter of reservation. I need to make sure that, you know, my, I'm ready to fully step into this without having, cause let's be honest, it is, it's nice having a little crutch, um, which is the job. And I also was getting, getting married and my wedding was very expensive. <laughs> I, I could have bought a nice little luxury car with my wedding. So, you know, having that and just knowing I didn't want to come out of it in debt. So, you know, there's a lot of things that happen. So I feel like I'm rambling. So let's get into, um, really what I would do differently or what I encourage people to do, um, as a transitioning out of their job. And then what are your steps into full-time? Now let's full-time entrepreneurship. Okay. Yes, we were working, we're working full-time regardless, but you know what I mean? Like having nothing but the company that you're running as your responsibility. So let's, you know, for me, I, I think I really did a great job of really leveraging what I had access to with my job. First of all, was the income and knowing that if I'm already earning money in my business and I'm earning money here in this job, how can I leverage this income to make sure that I'm building my business, right? And I would do that. So, you know, running ads and paying for mentorship and coaching and really, you know, paying for my resources and my tools and my software and my team. Like I made sure that I was leveraging the income. And I think a lot of people miss that when they're still in their job, they miss the opportunity to leverage their job to build the business. And this doesn't mean, okay, I'm going to like care less about my job and I'm going to, you know, be on my, (laughs) you know, work laptop, working on my business. I'm not saying that I'm not saying to spend, you know, company time and doing the things, but I'm telling you that there's things that you have access to, whether it's conversations and, you know, rooms, resources, tools that you can use to help you brainstorm, gather your thoughts, create ideas, create flow, create, you know, some of the, my, like some of the things that I do in my company, I learned from being and working in my job, right? So one, how we run our meetings, um, how I teach because I've, you know, because I facilitated so many meetings. Um, there's just so much that I've been able to say, Oh, I like that. I love that. I'm snatching that. Right. Um, and obviously not like proprietary information that like confidentially no, like none of that, (laughs) but, um, so you kind of get what I'm saying, right? How, what are the tools and resources that we can leverage? Um, even just experiences that we can leverage to make sure that we are, you know, kind of stepping into our business and excellence. And I think for a while, it took me a minute, like there was, I've had conversations with friends of mine or colleagues of mine and I would be like, oh, you know, at my job, we would do this. And they'd be like, that's genius. And it took me a while because for a long time I wanted to separate, like, no, this is my job. This is my business. They're not the same. But inevitably, because I'm the expert in what I do, which means that a lot of my experience (laughs) makes me that, um, it's natural that I would take what I've learned through not only college, but my career and apply it. So one, how are we leveraging that income? What are we doing with it outside of paying bills? Like how are we, you know, investing into our business? Um, One thing too is I, I feel like I, in the transition, 
I, I just, I wanted to just prove the concept of like my ideas and my methodology. And I was pretty like, when I came into the game, I will say, I, I didn't really play around with, oh, let's, let's do this offer. Let's do that offer. Or like, you know, a lot of the offers that I created stuck and they sold well. And there was one thing that I tried to do for a while and it was like, oof, we got to scratch that. <laughs> but, um, so I just through the process of getting great results with clients and what worked for them and what was working for me, I created my own little methodology, massive branding, the massive brand method. And we, you know, we still operate under that method to this day. I still teach it to my clients. And, um, so that part, I feel like I did well. Where I feel like, and this is for you, if you're transitioning out of your job or if you are um, maybe trying to get to a point where you're trying to hit another income level, maybe you're trying to hit, you know, 20, 30K months from 10, or maybe you're trying to hit 50, um, really doubling down on what is our lead source? How are we conditioning our audience there? How are we moving her quickly from traffic to leads? You know, that part, I don't think I did a really good job of when I was transitioning from my job to, um, this business, I, I, you know, I, a lot of honestly got great referrals and, you know, I had ads running and funnels and things like that, but I was just like, Oh, I'm just too, I was just so happy to do the thing (laughs) that there really wasn't that much, um, analytics going on. Let's be real. (laughs) And we know when you're already hitting goals that you didn't think that you'd hit because you were playing small and then boom, you're like, Oh wow. Like I did ha- like that did work or that did happen. Um, I feel like there wasn't really room for me to be like, Oh wait, how can I make this better? I was just like blown. Like, Oh my God. Like I'm literally working way less, making way more than I am in my job. And people are appreciating me. I'm like helping women like leave their jobs. Like it was, I was just so mind blown. <laughs> um, but I just really like, I, I, to be honest, wasn't really thinking, how do we make this better? What's not working? What are we tracking here? And so my business today looks a lot different and has for a very long time. But um, in that transition phase, I really wasn't. And so I you know, would say to you, if you're transitioning or if you're already here and you're like, how do I get to the next level? It's like, what are we analyzing? What are our key performance indicators? Like, what are we doing to drive results? What makes sense for the needs of our business? What does good look like? What does a good marketing campaign yield in return? You know, these um, numbers, I I kind of had a glossy (laughs) feeling about them. Like, oh, okay, cool. That's working. But like really, truly from a granular level understanding, what are we doing that's going to drive results faster? What do we need to get rid of in terms of our behaviors? What kind of content is working? What's not working? that part was just not there. And so, you know, my next um, piece of advice would be, how are we analyzing our business to drive results faster? So the first thing I said is, how can we leverage our resources? Two, how can we do a better job at analyzing what's working and what's not working? I, you know, again, that's something that I do now (laughs) very well, but wasn't doing that. And then, you know, another thing is recurring income. Because I was able to write a post or show up or DM someone or or respond to a DM and I, you know, was able to hit great goals and, and have great results and I always felt like I was booked, 
I didn't really think about recurring income until a few years ago. And I was like, until a couple of years ago, and I was like, just hitting goals. And, you know, I would have clients. That's the thing too. Like my clients, oddly enough, and to to this day, usually work with me for 12 to 18 months. So I already had recurring income built in, um, but it wasn't a strategy, if that makes sense. It wasn't intentional. It wasn't like I was tracking to, you know, increase our monthly recurring revenue over time. It just was there. And because it was there, I took it for granted. I took, and I'm like, I thought everyone did this. I thought everyone re-enrolled their clients. I thought everyone had clients that lasted for a long time. And then I realized, oh no, people in this coaching space are teaching other people to have 90 day offers. People in this space are teaching people to only have a six month offer or or have a six week offer. Like I, I saw a lot of people who only had six week offers and then they'd be like, well, what do I do next? Because that's all I have. That's my big thing. And then in it would just be like, well, <laughs> we need to revamp the offer or have a, you know, a way for her to re-enroll. You get it. And so, um, you know, kind of having that built in without really knowing it or having the intentionality around it when, you know, my clients decided to go on to the next thing or we parted ways or whatever. And then I would start to see dips in my income, like, oh, we're having a great month. And then another month would be not so great, but not horrible. Then I realized, okay, <laughs> there needs to be a focus around monthly recurring revenue. There needs to be a focus around driving sales so that we have month over month increases. And we can predict that, right? We know if we're doing these behaviors um, and doing them well, and we see this result, then naturally we can see the income coming from that, right? So number one, leveraging our income and resources, right? Number two, how are we tracking our analytics and what's working and what's not working and having a lead source that is generating the amount of leads that we need to be able to convert the amount of clients that we need to have the results that we want, right? And then monthly recurring revenue. How are we intentional, being intentional about the business growth from the sales perspective, having month over month growth, year over year growth, and really being intentional with that so that we are able to one, work less, make more, two, start to hire our team and um, obviously separate from our job if that's the goal. And then lastly, uh, one of the things that I feel like I could, I'm definitely like excelling at now and really growing into is thinking in team. And because I spent so, this is just a really candid moment that I don't often share, but because I've been managing people since I was 17 years old, literally hundreds of people, hundreds of hires, hundreds of people that I had to interview, train, develop all the things. And when I got to you know, kind of working in the business and starting off having a side hustle, deciding to make it turn it into a real business, a real company, all the things. I felt really good about doing things myself. I felt really good about having a VA here and there, someone helping me with projects. That felt so good because I, let me tell you, for, imagine for 15 years having to always think about how do I, you know, how do I do to make sure that 
every the team is operating everyone's functioning at a high level um and then my previous position i was managing and indirect managing so there was layers of management that i was managing and by the time i left the company that i worked for i had almost 100 people that you know in some way shape or form looked to me for direction and that was a lot for a long time and i wouldn't take away the experience because i love managing people. I think I manage people very well. And I've, you know, grown to be a pretty good, I guess, boss, leader, whatever you want to say. But there was something about just not having that, that felt so freeing, felt so good. However, I do think it stunted the growth of my business because I really and truly did not feel like compelled to have a large team because of that. And, you know, now obviously we think differently and we're, you know, taking a look at our organizational chart in a much more strategic way. But um, that's not how I was in the beginning. <laughs> and so I will tell you from the start, and this is what I've been telling my clients for a while now, that we, you know, and obviously they don't have that internal struggle that I had or just that desire for a break. But what are we looking to do as it relates to all of our goals, right? Like monetarily, um, our goals for clients, you know, a lot of us have like, hey, I want to have a hundred clients in this program by the end of the year, or I want to have a thousand clients in this or customers in this course by X amount of time. But oftentimes we don't take a look to see what team is needed for that kind of growth. And so one of the things that I've been challenging and encouraging my clients to do is to take a look at their org chart now, take a look at their org chart as they grow. So what should it look like in the next 90 days, in the next, you know, six months, a year? Who do we already have on our team that we can start to really develop to make sure that they are ready and, and, and next in line for the growth that we are experiencing currently? Because we are in active growth mode, right? Who do we have in our sphere of influence, our circle that we can start talking to and positioning for the next role that we know that's coming up? And succession planning, the people that we have on the team and scouting talent and creating training and development and feedback and all the things, right? So that we are growing together and really making sure that we have an awareness of how we can leverage our team to earn more, to sell more and to be better and to be stronger and how to, to really teach the team to drive the overall mission. And so... You know, that is something that I really want to make sure that from this point forward, I speak to and make sure that my clients understand that because that is one of the, you know, things that I see most often with women in business because we try to do it all because we want to do it all because we think that we can't afford to not do it all. And I want to just make sure that we know that there's a different way. So, you know, I I think it was great that I was able to take time to like, whew, like not have to have a large team to worry about and not have to, you know, just worry about training and leading and all of that because I just mentally wanted that kind of break. But I think if I were to do things differently, I probably would not <laughs> not have done that. But I, I think it worked well. I think it was what I needed at the time, uh, but it's something that I don't encourage because I think you know, so often this, this there's a conversation in, in our coaching space and it's just so interesting around team. There's either have no team and be a solopreneur living somewhere in Mexico on a laptop, just by yourself doing all the things, 
And then there's a conversation around having, you know, 2030, like have a big team, massive team, be the CEO. And like, and of course, one of our, um, <laughs> one of our key methodology elements is CEO life. So we do talk about team and systems to scale so that you can sit in your CEO seat. So I'm not saying that to not do that, but no one's talking about the transition. No one's talking about going from solopreneur to the, to one staff member to two staff members and growing and leveraging the success to then build more team members. Like that is how we build a team. You can't go from one employee to 30 employees, right? How, like no one's talking about learning the skills and the necessary to be a manager. You, you can't just go from solopreneur to having a five team um, five person team and not learn how to manage a team and not learn how to drive results through people. Like that is definitely a thing. Um, having individualized approach around managing and coaching. We talk so much about coaching others as it relates to coaching, you know, our clients to success, but no one's talking about how to coach your employees to success. And so, you know, that's a whole other podcast, but um, so I say all this to say there is a, there's a happy medium. There's a space in between that our coaching industry is not talking about. We're talking about that laptop lifestyle, work from anywhere, got your legs out, beach, tanning life, <laughs> got the laptop half open, just chilling, little daiquiri. Or we're, you know, knee deep trying to compete with Fortune 250 companies, and having teams of hundreds. Like there is a in-between and there's a process to go from one to the other. And so I would say in encouragement to you, what does your team look like now? And based on the goals that you have for the next 90 days to six months, what does it need to look like to get to that point and to level set there, get good at that point, and then take off again in a scale campaign. So I hope this was helpful. Again, let's do a quick review so you can say, hey, how can I make sure that I'm leveraging where I'm at right now to get to where I want to go? And again, if you are still employed, the income, the resources, the conversations, the rooms that you're in, how are you leveraging that for your business success? How are you making sure that you have a place and a space to sit down and say, what are our main lead sources? How are we going to go about driving more leads to get more conversions? Three, monthly recurring revenue. How are we growing our company in a tangible way that we can see through how much money we're bringing in, how much money we're retaining? Client retention is a, is one of the fastest. If you want to quit your job or you want to grow your business or you want to scale, client retention is the number one way. How do I get people to stay on and stay long? And then lastly, how am I leveraging my team? and building out the team that I need for today and also for tomorrow's goals and business growth that I desire. All right, I hope this was helpful and I will talk to you on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to Activate Your Massive Brand podcast. I so hope you appreciated and enjoyed this episode. And if so, go ahead and subscribe so that you don't miss out on any future episodes as well as I would love for you to leave a review. And for doing that, I'm going to give you a free gift. So go over to tanyawalkins.com forward slash 
free training, and of course, to stay connected, you can follow me across social media at Tanya B. Watkins, and be sure to join our Facebook group, Massive Brand Incubator. Until next time, 